I'm Paul Wiegraf, Director of the Delaware Division of the Arts and your host for today. Joining me in this studio is the Director of Music and Operations for the Choir School of Delaware, Ariane Harley. Welcome, Ariane. Thank you for having me today. So glad to have you in the studio. You've been here before, but you've got some new programming coming up, which is really exciting. And uh, since we last spoke on the air, I believe you've moved. So we've, we've got quite a bit to talk about. For our listeners who are a little less familiar with the Choir School of Delaware, a little bit about its history and... Uh, Sure. Uh, who sure. you are. <laughs> sure. So the choir school actually has a very, very, very long history. Um, the actual the institution of the choir has been singing together. This is the 134th season. So we're about to embark on our 135th season as a choir. Um, but the choir started at the Cathedral Church of St. John many, many years ago, back in 1883, and was an, a traditional kind of Anglican men and boys choir. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was that way all the way up until the 80s, where they began a men and boys choir and a girls choir and then in the late 80s they're like okay well perhaps the girls can sing with the boys and then that happened and then in the early 90s they were like okay we can accept women now you're as talking well. 1990s 1990s so for a, a hundred years yes. it was a men and boys yeah choir. we're talking for Exclusive a very yeah. long okay. long time now the choir for girls had been a sporadic over its history but right. before it was really truly a completely integrated program um, it was in in the 90s and at that point, um, the cathedral, which is located in the Brandywine Village of neighbor, uh, neighborhood, that a lot that neighborhood began to change. Um, it kind of was a almost suburban type of area, mm-hmm. um, extension of the city, uh, but it began to rapidly change. And within that, um, lots of you know mischief started happening on the grounds, and so some of the rambunctious kids would break a window here and there. And so the choir directors invited them in, and they. Um, the neighborhood kids sang with the um, boys and girls who were receiving formal training at that point. And that was really the genesis of the program. Hmm. Um, so in 1996, what ended up happening was uh, the choir school ended up becoming its own entity. Um, and from there, uh, we've really evolved and grown to be more than just um, a great choir, but a really holistic arts integrated program. So we serve students after school. Um, it's almost a misnomer, uh, choir school, because people always think that it's a, a day school, mm-hmm. but it's actually an after school program. And mm-hmm. we pull students from um, all over um, the Newcastle County area, the vast majority from the city of Wilmington. But um, definitely we have some outliers in the Newark kind of Newcastle area, a few here and there. But what uh, we do on an average day is we uh, transport the students to our facility. They have some food. They do study hall. um, And we also do private lessons and piano and voice. And then we end our day with a choral rehearsal. Um, So it's a very rigorous program. Um, We perform over 42 times a year, which is crazy um, and almost unheard of. But we use almost a sports model. So you practice every day and you have a game every week. and that really accelerates the learning and the performance uh, capability. Um, the other thing that's different about this choir um, is that it's an intergenerational choir. So there are students. We serve students age 7 through 17, so basically second grade through high school. But there are also adults. So we have 
professional and semi-pro adults who sing with the choir. Um, so we're able to really do some incredible works with the partnership um, that we have there. And there's a lot of mentoring that happens between those um, adult singers and our choristers as well. So it's really a great program. Uh, we have a 100% high school graduation rate. They all go on to higher education, um, some to the armed forces and some other sort of technical pursuits. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's really a gem and one of Wilmington's best kept secrets. Now, for many, many years, it was known as the Cathedral Choir School. That and is now correct. it's the Choir School. That's correct. How does that reflect sort of the changing mission, changing mm-hmm. repertoire, expansion of programming? And it, it's inclusive of all those things that you've just said. So previously, the choir was um, really serving the the parish, the, mm-hmm. the cathedral. Um, and then that began to shift in the late 1990s. And at this point, you know, the cathedral has been closed um, and we've been um, just running autonomously and still doing music education. The repertoire has gone from being an exclusively basically organ and, you know, kind of cathedral tradition um, sort of repertoire to your typical, what you would see in any um, choral program, any well-rounded choral program. We're doing works from, you know, five centuries, a variety of languages, secular, sacred, and everything in between. Um, We're currently doing a lot of world music. That's been a big emphasis of what we've been doing. Um, There's a a thought that, man, if we had all the money in the world, we would take the kids all over the world, but why can't they visit the world through music? So that's been a big um, emphasis that we've had over the last five years in our programming. Um, and so our programs reflect that. We go from performing Messiah to um, performing a Bach festival, to performing a concert of spirituals and gospel, to performing a world music concert um, with a lot of ethnic music um, from non-Western um Music from non-Western cultures. Now, I'm intrigued that uh, you you said you uh, the after-school program serves uh, children ages seven through seventeen. Mm-hmm. That's quite a wide range, I would think. Pedagogically, how do you yes. how do you deal with that? And how many students yes. do you have in a typical afternoon? Yes. Um, on a typical afternoon, we'll have between thir- about thirty five students in an afternoon. Our our roster um, of singers is forty two regularly. Then you have kids who you know who are in sports and all of that throughout the year. Then we have a summer camp that also runs during the summer. But it is a challenge to be able to. We are working with novice singers young novice singers, older novice singers, advanced um, you know, students, all the way up to professionals who are also music teachers and uh, have um, adults who are music teachers and have um, performance careers in their own right. So that is probably the biggest challenge that we have. We break our students down into three groups, basically, um, a beginning, intermediate, and advanced. And so we have benchmarks um, and standards, of similarly to any sort of curriculum, and we move everyone through that. Um, so that everyone is getting that basic music literacy and understanding. Um, Once they're able to kind of have that basic foundation, then they're really ready after that period of time to really be working on a lot of the repertoire that that we, we do. But the piano lessons and voice lessons really allow us to be able to hone skills that you otherwise would not be able to do just meeting in choir once a week. Mm -hmm. Now you you mentioned earlier, sort of the range of activities that the students are involved in uh, after school. 
Uh, I noticed on your your website that you uh, mentioned academics and enrichment, health and wellness, mm-hmm. mentoring, college prep. How, wh- what does a typical afternoon look like for maybe one of the younger kids and then one of the older kids? Sure. So when a younger student comes in, um, we do have three minivans that help transport the student to our um, our facility. Um, so they come. We have a partnership with the city of Wilmington that provides a meal. Um, and after that, everyone goes into study hall. So everyone is required to go to study hall. We track their grades. We have tutors and homework helpers that come in. So they get all of that stuff done in the afternoon. Our younger students, um, what will be different about them are the afternoon activities that they might engage in. So we have, for our younger students, we have a Ladybug program and a Wise Guys program. So Ladybug is in the Wise Guys program. They're what we call anticipatory guidance programs. Mm -hmm. So they talk about what happens, what it's like to grow up, what happens when your voice is changing, what happens when you're going through puberty. And we have um, Christiana Care is one of our partners. Junior League of Wilmington is one of our partners. They go through those sorts of things. Then we also have the fun stuff, arts and crafts, cooking and all that. Mm Mostly for our, um, our younger students are engaged in those activities. Our older kids, they're doing pretty serious one-on-one lessons and doing some pretty serious repertoire um, vocally as well. Um, and when they're not working on that and when they're not working on homework, they're with one-on-one mentors and they're working towards um, concrete objectives, whether it's this is where I want to go to college, whether it's um, I want to explore what it means to be a doctor, how much um, that... Um, how many years that might take, um, what that actual financial commitment is to becoming a doctor, um, all those sorts of things that one might not necessarily consider. And we also have anticipatory guidance programs that are established for them as well. And we also have a teen dialogue program. Uh, so that talks about anything that might be happening, current events. Um, it also includes college tours, which the kids love, 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 love. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be going to explore a trade. Um, somewhere, or it might be even just hanging out at the Delaware Symphony Orchestra on a Friday night. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's um, a lot of those sorts of um, uh, programs that we engage in beyond our choral singing. Well, the services you provide are are really quite phenomenal. And I want to get at how, how you're able to accomplish that. But first, let me remind our listeners that you're tuned into News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV. Our guest in the studio today is Ariane Harley, the director of, let me get the title right, Music and Operations for the Choir School of Delaware. Uh, Ariane, all these, I mean, what you provide for the students is phenomenal. And you mentioned uh, one partner, but uh, could, could you talk a little bit about some of the different agencies and entities that that help you fulfill mm-hmm. this mission of mm-hmm. really providing this mm-hmm. after school Mm-hmm. academic, health and wellness, music training? Well, um, we have so, so many partners. I'll list some of them off. But one of the things that we're very aware of is that we can't do it by ourselves. Um, and so we have a ton of partnerships. We uh, really rely on the social capital of our staff and our board members to provide this kind of holistic really well-integrated arts experience for our students. So we partner with the Delaware Symphony Orchestra this year. Um, the kids are s- attending some concerts, and they're bringing in um, a singer by the name of Kevin Diaz, um, who um, is just a brilliant um, bass baritone, um, was in Porgy and Best, and a lot of other things that some teaching at 
Westminster Choir College. He's doing a master class with our kids as well coming up. Uh, we partner with Christiana Care. They um, help with a lot of our wellness initiatives. We partner with the Junior League of Wilmington. They uh, provide um, group mentoring with some of our young ladies. They also uh, provide um, uh, curriculum for our young ladies as well in our teen dialogue program. We also partner with the city of Wilmington, which provides food and other sorts of um, of um, services um, for our students. We've partnered with Delmarva, which have had tables to talk to parents about managing um, utility bills. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are just so, so many partners that go into making one day happen at the choir school. Um, you know, we say music is what we do, and that's at the core of what we do. And then we really go to the community to fill in all of the other pieces that we um, look to offer. Let's let's uh, turn now to uh, something you referenced earlier, and that is, I think you mentioned that you have have the uh, youth, uh, the choir perform. What I think you said more than forty times throughout mm-hmm. the course of the year. That's right. Let's let's turn in that direction. The performances, because yes. I know yes. you have one big one coming yes. up uh, soon. Yes, we have. This is kind of a busy season for us. But the next concert on our subscription series is entitled "Witness." Um, it is a concert um, that we are offering in celebration of Black History Month, which. Um, Um, features the work of African-American composers um, who have written rather original works or um, really creative um, arrangements of uh, spirituals and of contemporary gospel. Um, So as long as I've been around, I think this is the first full-length concert that we've ever done like this. Hmm. Um, and we are very excited. It is on Sunday the 18th. It's at Easy in Mount Carmel on Walnut Street, um, which is one of the staple houses of worship in the African-American community um, here in Wilmington. So we're really excited to present that concert. Um, tickets for that can be purchased on our website. Um, so we'd love to see people out for that. Um, in this program, we are really putting out a lot of new repetitions that we've never done before. Um, The choir was actually invited to um, a big conference, the American Choral Directors Association, ACDA. Um, They invited the choir to come to their Pittsburgh conference, and they asked us if we would put together a program um, of spirituals, and there was a com- there is a composer. His name is Dr. Roland Dilworth. He wrote three pieces for us that will be performing on the Witness program, and that ACDA commissions, which we'll be doing on that trip. So this Witness concert is a really great opportunity for us to get out some new repertoire that we've never done before. Prepare for this um, massive regional conference where we'll sing for fourteen thousand choral directors, which mm. is frightening, um, but a great <laughs> opportunity when so few choir are selected to do it. Um, so really come on out. It's going to be really great. The concert will be about an hour. Um, and I'm just telling you, some of the choral singing is absolutely incredible. And our student soloists, I there are some years when you're like, wow, like I don't know if this year's going to be replicable anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year we just have an incredibly star-studded um, cast of students. It's just really incredible. That's great. And so that's Sunday, February 18th at 4 p.m. at Easy on Mount Carmel uh, uh, Church on Walnut Street. Really exciting. Now, 
in in working with the youth in in learning a brand new repertoire that I presume is new to you too, since yes. their commission works. What yes. what are the challenges something like that presents to both you and the kids as opposed to something you know repertoire that that you're familiar with that they may have heard before. That is definitely a challenge. Um, any piece that's kind of that any the kids may have heard somewhere, even something like a Hallelujah Chorus and Handel's Messiah, it's a very complicated piece of music. Mm-hmm. But because it's kind of in the lexicon of commercials and movies mm-hmm. and all of that, it's a lot easier to accomplish. But new music is really, really, really challenging. Now, we have the benefit of having a relationship with the composer mm-hmm. who has come to work with us and is kind of um, giving us... His perspective of how he was envisioning the work, um, which is hugely, hugely helpful. But to be the first choir to ever sing a piece, that has a lot of weight to Mm -hmm. it. And we realize that this piece is going to live beyond all of us and that what we do in this performance coming up is going to shape how choirs for the next 100 Mm -hmm. years do this, should the piece last that long, which I think these three might. Um, But it's exciting. It's rewarding. Um, One thing I can say is that we one rehearsal might do it one way. The next rehearsal might be a little bit different. And so we kind of have to feel our way through it. It's almost trying. It's like trying on a pair of shoes, like Mm -hmm. what feels right. Mm -hmm. And sometimes your left foot is bigger than your right foot. So you kind of have (laughs) to make it um, all work and then you kind of settle into a groove. But you will find things with new pieces that... um, like small editorial things that a note might be misplaced or um, the uh, text might not be perfectly aligned under pitches and you Mm -hmm. might um, have to make a judgment call on what Mm -hmm. the composer's intent was or you can ask the composer if, you know, she or he is available. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, we've had the benefit to just, you know, shoot off an email and make a phone call or he's rehearsed with us. Um, But it's really exciting. It's really exciting work. And um, one of the things that I think the kids have gotten a kick out is is kick out of it is that um, it's one piece, but it's broken into three movements. And um, we just are receiving the engraving of the octavo. So that's the actual sheet music. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and for them to see like their names on. And it's commissioned. Uh, for yes, that, exactly. Yeah, They're that, like, that that's exciting. Us. Yeah. It's really exciting. Yeah. And one of the pieces is um, entitled When Dreams Take Flight. Okay. Um, and it's written um, on a Paul Lawrence Dunbar text. Mm-hmm. And it's also incorporates the dreams of our students. So Mm -hmm. the composer came down and, you know, did like a writing workshop with the kids to kind of see what is it, you know, that you aspire to be or do or feel um, or be known for. Um, And to have that incorporated with such a wonderful text um, by such an impactful composer um, with Paul Lawrence Dunbar being one of the first Mm African-American published composers. It's Unbelievable. Yeah. It's really, truly unbelievable. Um, And then to have the honor to perform it, you know, on such a a large stage is also going to be um, something that will be new to certainly um, all of our students. Now, when is the trip to Pittsburgh for this conference and and what kind of logistics have you had to work through for that to happen? It is incredible (laughs) how much planning it takes. So it is happening um, the second weekend of March. So the conference will be singing on the 9th and the 10th, but the conference actually begins the 7th through the uh, 10th. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And this is a regional conference, so the American Coral Directors Association is national, but this is the regional one, so mm-hmm. we're fortunate that it's only Pittsburgh right. that we have to right. go to. So in that regard, um, the logistics um, were not as bad as they could have been, but still pretty big. Like you have to, you know, since all of our kids attend different schools, so they come from um, 30 different schools, our students. So we've got to contact all the schools, right. all the teachers, right. permission slips, mm-hmm. packing lists, mm-hmm. um, you know, trying to memorize music mm-hmm. that we need to have memorized. Um, small things like, okay, we can't just show up. Um, it's on us to find a room in the hotel right. to warm up right. in or mm-hmm. practice. Um, all of these tiny, tiny, minute little things. Um, and even though Though we're performing two different performances or sessions, um, each one is done twice. So that's four performances in mm. two days mm-hmm. of major consequence. Yeah. So it's going to take a lot of energy to do that. Um, and, you know, when we travel, we're going to be getting up at 5.30 a.m. and arriving and you know, putting our stuffs in a in a hotel room, and then you know you got to be ready to you know perform in an hour. Right. Like, <laughs> so it's going to be a tight schedule, but it'll be exciting um, to do. Um, um, you know what we're going to do. Well, this is this will be an experience of a lifetime for these these kids. Yes. It'll be something yes. they'll never forget. And they'll never forget yeah. it. And you know, already they've been looking up. Um, other choirs who are going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, the Swingle Singers are going to be there, which is a um, prominent vocal group. They're actually based in the UK, but they're one of the uh, featured performers. So the kids are like, oh my goodness, I can't believe it. Um, they're seeing um, the roster of composers who are there, and they're like, these people are going to be at this conference. Like, we'll actually get to meet them. And it's like, well, yeah, you know, they attend these things because it's mm-hmm. a professional conference. So um, I also have some older students who are. Um, some who are juniors who are actually meeting with some um, college professors with music programs that they're interested in. Oh, that, that's um, great. So it's also a good opportunity for them to kind of see um, different college choirs and sure, programs sure. and meet those directors. Well, we've got about 20 seconds left. So uh, again, uh, Ariane Harley from the Choir School of Delaware. It's been a pleasure Having you with us, I invite our uh, listeners to visit uh, choirschoolofdelaware.org to learn more about the choir school and to find out about the program Witness coming up on Sunday, February 18th at 4 p.m. at Easy on Mount Carmel, United Methodist Church on North Walnut Street in Wilmington. Ariane, thank you. Thank you so much for having me.